Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Thank you, Pastor. We uh, talked about Sunday morning about the ministry of intercession, how we should, like the two spies, intercede to God for the sinner like Rahab was Sunday night and we talked about how to pray for the lost and using 2 Kings chapter number 6 on the back of that prayer thing, dear Lord, open their eyes, dear Lord, give them your word, dear Lord, give them your peace. And tonight, I want to talk about uh, Jesus' last lesson in the temple. But before I do, I need to see if someone needs a prayer sheet because we need to be praying. So if you don't have one of those, raise your hand. Now, I know who you are. You had not been here. Go ahead. There you go. Raise your hand and uh, give the children some. Give the children some. Um, I've had children in the past go to school and lead other children to the Lord and give them a prayer list. Give them one. And we want you praying and put on that one name, maybe two, and uh, pray every day. Uh, Doesn't take much. Uh, Lord, open their eyes. Lord, give them your word. And Lord, uh, give them your peace. Salvation. Well, I was raised on a little farm there in North Georgia. Um, and uh, we had a milk cow. And uh, the cow never liked me milking her. Uh, she knew, I guess because my hands were so cold. I'm not sure. That'll, that'll cause problems to start off with. I didn't learn that trick. And we had chickens. We... Uh, uh, Dad had a chicken house, and and uh, but uh, one one day I was about five years old. I went to the mama told me to go get the eggs, and so I went in there and moved them ladies around and closed the door. And I reached my hand in and got an egg, put in my basket, and then I reached my hand in and out came a snake. <laughs> and I said, Oh! I carried that one egg back to the house and said, Mama, I think I've retired. As the egg getter, I'm not gonna get any more eggs. Uh, and uh, of course, Dad would buy at times those ceramic eggs and put in the nest. And the snake, some of those snakes would swallow the eggs whole, climb out and get in a tree and squeeze themselves, break the egg. They couldn't do that with them ceramic eggs. <laughs> uh, they would find. We'd find snakes dead up in the trees where they tried to crush those ceramic eggs. So there's a way to get them things out of the way. So there's some things I've learned on the farm. Life is simpler when you plow around the stumps of life. There's some things you don't need to fight. Just plow around them, plant around them, and go on. Some things, like a yellow jacket, are faster than any mule can run. And that's true. Words that stay with you are whispered, not yelled. 
You remember more the words whispered than the words yell. Uh, when you wallow with the pigs, expect to get dirty. Now that's a good one for life. I like number five, don't judge folks by their relatives. I uh, see I've hit home on some, some of that. Them folks you need to bring to church. <laughs> uh, silence, number six. Silence is sometimes the best answer. Sometimes it's just best to be quiet and listen. Don't even nod your head, just be quiet. Timing has a lot to do with the outcome of a rain dance. You see that cloud coming up, dark, coming your way, start a rain dance. It's, uh, this one's for the young folks. If you find yourself in a hole, quit digging. <laughs> quit digging. Always drink upstream from the herd. <laughs> yeah, that's always good advice. Now this one has got a spiritual connotation. A loaded wagon is much quieter than an empty wagon. You get an old empty buckboard, it'll bounce and pop and crack. You load it down, it'll be quiet. And sometimes people come in church and they're quiet. And they may be loaded down. They may need your prayers. Uh, number 11. I got 13 of them. That's a good number. Always run to the well to drink out of the dipper first because grandmother dips snuff. <laughs> they say you can tell a level-headed woman in Alabama. Snuff runs out both sides. You've got to be level-headed. I tell that in Missouri. I don't tell it in Alabama. Number 12, the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. You don't have to be first at everything. Just take your time. And then number 13, finally, some things are never just right in life and never will be. For, in, for example, in the winter, the outhouse is too far. But in the summer, it's too close. <laughs> well, we had an outhouse when I was a boy. So I know that. Mark chapter 12, verse 38. I will not try to keep you long. I'll get you out of here. Please stand with me if you're able to stand. Look at chapter 12, the book of Mark, verse 38. We start reading. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost parts, rooms at feasts which devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. That tells me there's degrees of punishment in hell. Look at verse number 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which make a fathering. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in 
than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand your word tonight. And I pray, Father, bridge that gap between our ear and our soul. Let us hear from you, Lord, directly. That, Lord, we understand this, this thing of giving. What am I giving? How is it used, Lord? What, what is the end result? Is there a reward? What is this, Lord, that we're talking about in this revival and missions conference? I pray, Father God, help us each one, Father, do our best to listen intently. And, Lord, do your will and be obedient to the word. Save the lost is our prayer. Lord, touch those not going to church anywhere here in Marshall, Lord, in Saline County. The Lord, they'll find a good church where the word of God is preached and the songs are sung, Father, that exalt your name. Your will be done. Save the lost. Heal the sick. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. And if you're, you may have a seat. And if you're sitting near a friend uh, or a loved one, turn to them and say, If I've done you wrong, please forgive me. I didn't say to say, if you've done me wrong, I'll forgive you. No, no. Now, the widow's story is an interesting story. Was she one of these women who was a widow whom the scribes had, had swindled her out of her house? Oh, that's going on today. You have hirelings and charlatans in the pulpit. And all they're concerned about is money in their pocket. And that's the only reason. Some have never been called by God to preach the true gospel of Christ. And the only reason they're there is because they want a bigger church to get a bigger offering. And they're not right with God. Was she a victim of one of these? Well, I do know this. Jesus said, uh, uh, look at verse number 37, and the common people heard him gladly. And boy, Jesus loved common people. Jesus loved the poor people. And uh, he, uh, then he waits at the temple. Now, this is the last lesson that Jesus gave to his disciples in the temple. Last lesson. They're going to go to uh, Gethsemane, and they're going to be there, and a lot of questions asked, and then he's going to leave there and be arrested. It'll be the last time he'll be in the temple to give the disciples a lesson. And I think that's very important. I think he waited for this woman to come. Now, uh, there in the area where they gave the money, uh, you put money in, a, in something that looked like a trumpet. It was round at the bottom, came up like a trumpet and, you know, it's circular and you placed your money there and it'd slide in and when it slid in, it'd make a sound. And uh, so uh, Jesus, look at verse 41. Jesus beheld how the people cast money in the treasury. He beheld how. I can only imagine here come a rich man and he is a good man. 
He comes by and he drops it in and keeps on walking. It makes a thump behind him. But then here comes one of those scribes, one of the Pharisees, and he's rich. Nicodemus was rich, by the way. And he comes by and he stops at the trumpet and he goes, Ah! Everybody's looking at him, drops that, boom. They observed how. Some people uh, wanted attention in their giving. Uh, some people won't know, let other people know how much they give. Now, uh, it says here in verse 41, and many that were rich cast in much. Well, I always appreciate the rich people in my church. Thank goodness they were there at times. Uh, but I found out the common people, the poor people, uh, people didn't have a whole lot, people struggling life, were much better givers than the rich people were. I guess in the church Harmony where I pastored, there's maybe two I consider rich persons. When I went to Lupton Drive, there's maybe three or four. Uh, but I could not rely on them footing the bill for everything. They, they uh, gave, but it wasn't uh, substantially enough. But there were so many common people, hardworking people, that labored over what they had, and they gave it cheerfully. And when they gave it cheerfully, God blessed them, and God worked in their heart, and, and the church had plenty. So I'm thankful for the rich that cast in much. Jesus says nothing despairingly about them. He doesn't say anything bad about them. But then there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a fathering, which is about an eighth of a British penny. One-eighth of a penny. I mean, what are we going to buy with that? What are we going to buy with that? It looks like her offering is nothing. But here's the difference. Look at verse 44. He called his disciples and said in verse 43, This poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Now, that, you know, if you ask the treasurer of the church, how is that possible? She only gave just pennies, and these rich men dropped in hundreds. How'd she give more? That's, that's not right. Now, I've been in Baptist churches along most of my life. Well, I've been saved 60 years and uh, baptized by my dad there in Ringo, Georgia. Tiger uh, Lamar and I were baptized same time, got saved same time, baptized in Tiger Creek there outside of Ringo, Georgia in Tusa County. And uh, uh, sometimes finances are a struggle. But when people of the church learn how to give to God and give with a cheerful heart, I've seen people start to give, and and it wouldn't be a month or two. They go to work, and they get a promotion. They get a raise. I can't promise that for everybody, but I'm just telling you from their heart, they love the Lord. You heard about the carnival that came to town? They had a strong man there. The MC brought him out. Oh, he had muscles everywhere. He had two cups, a cup on the platform on a table there and he said the strong man is going to squeeze this orange 
and squeezed every drop out of this orange. And he got that orange and he squeezed it. It burst open. Juice ran out. And finally to a little trickle and finally a little drop. And he squeezed it and dropped. And then it was dry pulp. He set it down. And he sat down. We'll give $100 to anybody. They'd charge $200. And they already had 300 people there. So they could easily afford $100 paying somebody. Somebody did. We'll pay $100 for anybody can get one drop out of that orange. And a real skinny man in the back of the con raised his hand. And the MC to make fun of him, um, brought him up and says, Oh, give this man a hand. Look at him. Look at all the muscles. Uh, watch him. He's going to get one drop out. And the man got up there and looked at the orange and said, uh, You might get another glass up here too. Oh, they laughed at him. The MC made fun of him. And so they didn't heed his warning. He got that orange. He looked at it, started squeezing it. Out come a drop, another drop. It started running out. It filled up the glass and ran over the glass. And the crowd is cheering for him. They're rooting for him, not the strong man. And the MC says, man, I've never seen that before. What do you do? He said, I'm a treasure in the Baptist church. <laughs> Hunter, he knew how to squeeze that dollar and get that last bit out of it. Well, she put in very little, and Jesus said she's cast more in than all these other have. Now, I'll give you the principle, Isaiah 55, and it's over in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. Now let me give you some principles concerning this story. Some principles for us to see. Number one, God knows what we give. Don't be blind and think, well, I, you know, I could give more, but I'm not going to. I'm just, you know, I'll smile when I give and act like I'm cheerful, but I'm just going to give. And, uh, but God knows what we give. There's a record kept of everything we do in heaven. And uh, uh, we need to obey God. The tithe is, is dictated by the Bible what we ought to give a 10%. The love offering is dictated by the need in the congregation. The pastor will tell the congregation the need. The, the missions offering, I'll get in that a little bit later, is dictated by the Holy Spirit. Purpose in your heart. You, you pray to God and say, God, what should I give to the mission program here at Calvary Baptist Church? And so we pray. Now, so God knows what we give. Number two, God knows what is left. I mean, he knows our bank account or our non-bank account, <laughs> as it may be. He knows what's left. He knows what we give. He knows what's left. Because look at verse 44. Uh, they all cast into their abundance, but she of her won't. They cast in all that she had, even all her living. And that says back home, there's no barley. There's no cruise of oil. There is nothing, absolutely nothing of value 
in her home. Nothing. Nothing. Now, do you think when she went home, she, she was hungry, hungry when she went to bed? I don't think so. We serve a God who cares for his people. And I can hear on her door about supper time a knock on the door. And Sister Louise came next door and said, We, you know, I fixed this uh, chicken dumplings and there's so much of it. I'm going to give it the rest of it to you. And uh, boy, she had a meal and God provided. David, I think, said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. And so I believe that God provided for this woman. Hey, she made it in the scriptures. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Of what her act did uh, caused the, the Holy Spirit to inspire Mark to write this story. So God knows what is left. And um, number three, the third principle is, one, God knows what we give. God knows what is left. Number three, when we give to God, we're giving our life or our time to God. Matthew 16 Verse 26, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 16, 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We'll stop and just chase a little rabbit here. Jesus, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Christ, Isaiah 53, verse 10, 11, 12. Christ gave his soul in exchange for the world that we could be saved. So, so, uh, if you, if you, what man's prophet should gain the whole world? Who, who shall lose his life, who save his life, shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life, for my sake, shall find it. There's a, I've got a copy of it somewhere, and I may read it this week. I've got a copy of a sermon called Acres of Diamonds. And a guy, uh, when the uh, diamond rush came on, around the world and they were finding diamonds in different places he sold all his possessions his home his land about 20 or 30 acres and he traveled to Australia lost all his money searching for diamonds came back home without a penny and the guy that bought his house found that his house was sitting on a diamond mine there were diamonds everywhere, and he had sold it, looking for what was right where he was at. Acres, acres of diamonds. If we give to God, we're giving our time or our life. Now, I did this in Sunday school, and uh, one good thing about teaching is you learn to repeat things, so you learn it. And then we got newcomers to the class tonight. And so I'm going to take an example of... Uh, let me put old Peter over on this corner. And we'll let this be James in the middle. And we'll put John over here on this corner. We'll let John be the red cup here for a while, okay? So they work at three different jobs. 
Peter works at a job, makes $10 an hour. James works at a job, makes $20 an hour. Now John has a salary job, and if you took the number of hours he worked and his salary, it comes out to about $100 an hour. Right, they go to the same church. Uh, the missions, the pastor talks about missions giving, and they each give $20 to the mission program. Peter gives 20 James gives 20 and John gives 20 Now, to the treasurer, it all looks the same. 20, 20, 20. But really, how much time did Peter give? How many hours? Two. He gave two hours of his time. He worked at a job. He sweated. He might have worked on the farm for a farmer. And he put a lot of time in. And he sweat. And he gave two hours of the time that he worked. He gave it to the mission program. Now, James worked at a job that was $20 an hour, and he gave $20. So how much time did he give? One. One hour. Now, John has got a salary job. He's got all this mental problem up here. It's driving him crazy. Uh, and, but he makes $100 an hour, but he gave 20 Now, I'll figure it out for you real quick. He gave 12 minutes. So what looked like the same to mankind appeared to God in a different way. This one gave two hours, this one gave one hour, and this man gave 12 minutes to the work of God. Uh, God looks at things differently. The tithe, 10%, is dictated by the Bible to be given the church to operate the Jerusalem Mission Center. This operates, and Pastor told me, uh, this church is on the radio, is a minute spot, uh, and been and looking at a different type of program or a different type of setting in the next month or so, and uh, that's reaching Judea, the whole county. May even broadcast some of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs games. This, this church's spot may be in there and maybe even some of Columbia Tigers football team uh, games. And so, so this, this is the church in the mission program getting the word out to the Judea and then to Samaria, to the nursing home and, and the jails around. Uh, that's a mission work. And then to the uttermost part of the earth. Guam is way on the other side of the globe. You can't go much further than Missouri than go to Guam. That's a long way over there. They're already in Tuesday. I mean, uh, we talked to somebody from the future. <laughs> oh, this is getting a little scary now. Talked to somebody in the future, and he told us what the future was over there in the weather. Oh, uh, Wow. So, so uh, when we give, here's what happens. We give in the offering plate, and you've got offering envelopes. It's got the tithe and got a place for the missions. And when you put it in there, you give it to uh, designate it, put it in the offering plate. It goes to the treasurer's office. The treasurer records it, and then uh, the money is put in the treasury. And then the end of the month, checks are written, usually $100 
to the missionaries, each one, and then they send them out to the different mission boards who then distributes it to the missionaries. What are they actually doing? We take our time and give, transfer it into money and give it in the offering, and then it is sent, money is sent to the mission board, and the mission board sends a wire check or sends money by wire or a check to the missionary, and the missionary goes to the bank and gets money, and you know what he really has received? My time. Your time. It is not just Brother Barnes preaching in Guam. He's preaching on my time if I give money to this church for that cause. He's preaching on your time. And the missionaries, those 30 missionaries listed in that little bulletin that was here Sunday, those 30 families ministering around the United States, the world, they're doing it on our time. They're taking our time and going and winning the law. He said he baptized how many? Five, seven in the Brother Barnes? Seven. He won them the Lord. Got them in the church. Their names got recorded in heaven. And you know what? When we get to heaven, they're going to come to you and say, thank you for sending Brother Barnes to tell us the truth. Thank you for delivering us out of idolatry. Thank you for delivering us out of the cult's hands. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am alive. That was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Forget the rest of it, Hunter, but it's a good song. <laughs> it's a good song of thank you. Thank you for giving. Let me just say, never regret giving that somebody called to go preach can go preach. If it wasn't for churches like this, Across our nation, missionaries would have to stay home. Or, and now in Guam, uh, you can work a job, but they are hard to find uh, because it's a small country, small territory of the United States. But a lot of countries, you can't, you're, it's illegal for you to get a job as a foreigner. They don't have any green cards and no program like that. They don't want Americans stealing their jobs. And so when you give money to the church, you're actually giving your time. And that's recorded in heaven. And that's where Jesus said, if, we, if you will save, if, if you save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life, then you'll save it. It will be on record in heaven. Now, I don't know what individually that... I haven't seen any reports. I haven't seen anything how much you give or what you do or what don't. But I do know this. Everybody ought to give something. I mean, if it's just a dollar. Well, I, I, I don't have it spare. You're going to miss out on a great blessing, friend. You're not giving money. You're giving your time back to God. Well, I'm retired. I'm not working anymore. Well, for all those that are working, for us who are retired, please keep working and put money in that Social Security fund for us. <laughs> Amen. 
Now, we're eating up your Social Security fund, I hate to tell you, and you better be praying for the generation coming after you. They'll put some in for you to retire on. But let me just say, uh, this is money you've earned through the years, and, and you figure whatever you receive, take 10% of that, then that, that ought to be your tithe. When a need comes up, Pastor tell we need maybe a dollar from everybody, then put in $2 and get blessed twice. And then for the mission, how do you determine it? Well, let's turn and look, and I'll close. I didn't close my Bible up. That's a bad sign. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. This I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians uh, 9, chapter 9, verse 7. With uh, four children, my mom and dad always planned a garden. And uh, we got old enough, we were there to help. My dad would borrow the neighbor's mule and plow the ground up. And uh, when I got big enough, he'd let me uh, drive the mule. That mule know I was, knew I was behind that plow, though, I guarantee. Uh, sometimes he wouldn't go. And uh, Dad would come out and get behind the plow stock and the reins and holler at him. And, oh, he knew somebody else was there, and he'd start going. But one of my jobs was planting the corn. So Dad gave me the sack of corn and said, put it about that far apart. And so he'd made a fur, and I dropped it. I got down to the end, and I had, a, I had abundance of little corn left over. So I decided I'd just hide it. Put it in the end of that row. Guess what happened? <laughs> you already know, don't you? Daddy walked me out there and said, uh, Randy, uh, he called me John Randy. John Randy, what happened here? Well, it's doing better out here, Daddy. And he, said, Over there. <laughs> he said, listen, don't drop all that seed in the ground. We'll save it for next year. But I sowed bountifully. And boy, it came up bountifully. <laughs> but if I had skipped and, you know, left spots like that, he would have seen that too. Now, that's sometimes how we give to God. You, you can't outgive the Lord. He'll bless you and bless you. And you say, well, preacher, I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, try it. Try it one month or two and see, as Malachi said, if God won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you cannot stand. He'll do it. It's amazing what God does. All right, you got your prayer list? Who's on that prayer list? If you just got your prayer list, put a name on there. One person you'd like to see to come to church, get saved, get baptized, and be a part of the church. We're going to come to the altar and pray again tonight. And let's pray for that one person. How do I pray? Well, you can pray with your eyes open. Get your card. Dear Lord, open their eyes. Dear Lord, give them your word. Dear Lord, give them your peace.
Let's pray. Hunter, come. We'll get a song. Father, your will be done. Bless, O oh Lord, the message tonight. Let it, Father, weigh in our hearts heavy that you see differently than men see how we give. That what we really are giving is not our money. We're giving our time, our life. Giving our life, Lord. That others may go and preach. And Lord, we thank you for the men, the women who are on foreign soil and our national soil. Uh, preaching the gospel. Giving men and women an opportunity to be saved. Lord, save the lost is our prayer. Save those on our prayer list, Lord. Lord, open their eyes. Give them your word. Lord, give them your peace. We ask it in Christ's name.